Hello everyone, welcome to my YouTube channel. In today's episode, I want to talk about stock options. The CEO and executives of public companies are usually paid in a mix of cash and options. These stock options give him or her, over a period of time, the right to buy shares in their company at a fixed price. Theory says that by paying employees in stock options, you get their loyalty and you attract top talent. However, in reality, most stock options are granted to the people at the very top of the company. Another argument in favor of stock options is that it aligns the interest of management and shareholders. I disagree with this. Most stock option programs don't come anywhere near aligning the interest of management with shareholders. The shareholder acquires ownership in the company by buying shares with their hard-earned money on the open market. Whereas when management is granted stock options, they have no downside and an open-ended upside. I believe a better system is to pay people cash bonuses for outstanding performance and then they can use that money to buy shares on the open market just like the shareholders. Now that I have made my position clear, I want to explain why stock options is dilutive to shareholders. When insiders exercise their stock options, the new stock issued adds to the number of shares outstanding, which reduces the value of each share. Here's how the math works. Feel free to bring out a pen and paper for this. Imagine that a company has 4 million shares outstanding and that you own 1 million shares for a 25% stake of this company. Let's suppose that the company decides to issue 200,000 stock options to its top 5 executives. When the executives exercise their options, the company will have to issue 1 million new shares. This will bring the new share count to 5 million. Even though the number of shares you own in the company will stay the same, your percentage ownership in the company will decrease from 25% to 20%. In other words, there is a transfer of wealth from the shareholders to the executives. Now that you understand how op stock options dilute shareholders, let's talk about how it can also incentivize bad behavior. An executive with lots of options in the company has an incentive to do whatever it takes to drive the share price up in the near term so that his options are worth more. For example, uh, he or she could put out timely press releases or announce an acquisition. Let me illustrate what I mean with an example. In 1998, when the dot-com bubble was in full swing, Michael Dell was granted a boatload of options in his own company. To offset the increase in the share count, Dell Computer was buying back its shares at very high multiple of earnings. But it gets worse. In an attempt to make its buybacks less expensive, the company started trading call and put options in its own shares. The computer company basically started operating like a hedge fund, and I don't think shareholders at the time realized this. What happened at Dell in 1998 was pretty extreme. What is more common, and I see this all the time, is that a company will give away 2% of the shares every year to insiders, and then in an attempt to offset that front-end dilution, they will buy back 3% of the shares. The end result is a 1% shrink in the share count. Now, this is a very inefficient use of capital. A company will usually say that they are buying back shares to offset dilution. 
To me, that's nonsense. Anytime a company buyback shares at prices above intrinsic value, it is destroying value. It is as simple as that. It has nothing to do with offsetting dilution. Furthermore, the holder of a stock option benefits when a company has a low or no dividend policy. This is because when dividends are paid out, it reduces retained earnings, which reduces the value of stock options. Also, an insider who holds options is not entitled to receive dividends. And guess who benefits from dividends? That's right, the shareholders. I want to point out that John D. Rockefeller, Andrew Carnegie and Commodore Vanderbilt never took stock options in their own company. In fact, these men took a token salary and lived off the dividends just like their shareholders. Another topic I want to discuss is the mischief around stock option accounting. Option is a form of non-cash expense. Some people argue that because no cash actually changes hands, it should not count in the calculation of earnings. But just because the cost of stock options can't be quantified precisely, it doesn't mean it should be ignored. There are a lot of things that can't be quantified precisely. For example, the lost reserves at an insurance company. Here's what Mr. Buffett had to say on this topic. If options aren't a form of compensation, what are they? If compensation isn't an expense, what is it? And if expenses shouldn't go in the calculation of earnings, where in the world should they go? In my experience, a company with weak accounting generally will also tend to be weak in other areas. Ben Franklin said that it is hard for an empty sack to stand upright. The way I deal with dilution is that I will look at a company's share count over time. You can find this number at the bottom of an income statement. Make sure you look at the diluted share count as opposed to the basic share count when doing your calculations. If a company has a history of increasing its share count by say 2% each year, then I will simply subtract that from my expected return. I am generally not interested in companies that are growing its share count over time. To wrap up today's episode, here are three takeaways. One, options carry a very, a very real cost and it comes directly from the shareholders' pockets. Two, be wary of companies that are not expensing the cost of options. And three, avoid companies that are rapidly growing its share count. Please don't forget to like this video and subscribe to my channel. That is all for today. Thank you for listening.